Welcome to another fabulous episode of Tickle Dot Life podcast. I'm your hostess with the mostest, Gaia Morissette. And we bring you this wonderful episode because Tickle Dot Life believes that sex is safe, sex is healthy, and sex can even be playful. And we want to normalize sexuality. So throughout this episode, you probably hear me giggle and laugh a lot. Um, that's a good sign. That means that this is a safe space. This is a safe conversation for us to have. So I bring you our new guest, Buck. Hi. Welcome to the show. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> and I like giggling. Giggling is good. Laughing is good. <laughs> we need more of that today. <laughs> good. So the two of us are just going to be a big giggle fest then. <laughs> we're just going to be laughing. So if you're listening, we're just laughing. <laughs> the laugh fest. <laughs> so Buck, what are we talking about today? So um, I don't know if your listeners even know who I am, but maybe we could talk about my life and my life as a transsexual person and my journey to get to my space, not only as a man, but also sexually. It was a very difficult space for me to get into. So I think maybe that might be the appropriate thing that we can discuss here. And maybe there's people listening who are in the same struggle that I struggled to get to. Now I live a beautiful, amazing, special, like magical life that I would never in a million years think I could be this person. So I think sharing my life so that maybe somebody else out there who struggled like I had to struggle could see that. That's there's a lot beautiful. of opportunities today. Yeah. Yeah. So All right. So where do we want to start? Well, I was born <laughs> in 1962. I'm 58 <laughs> years old. <laughs> and uh, I always felt like a boy. I mean, I grew up in the San Fernando Valley in Southern California. I was raised as a tomboy, you know, like mm -hmm. I was a little girl who wanted to be a little boy. And my parents were super cool about it. And I didn't have a bad childhood, which a lot of people would think somebody like me might have a bad childhood. No way. I had an awesome childhood. My parents were really open about me being, you know, little buck. You know, the problem always comes, and that's for everyone here listening and you as well, puberty. Puberty is the nightmare of the of the human body. <laughs> and I and so for a person like myself, a transsexual person, it can be a nightmare. It can be it can be death really for us. And so suicide. So let's talk it. Let, let, yeah. Let's let's talk about yeah. that. Let's drop into that Excellent. that that piece. All right. Excellent. So yeah. tell us when you were, you know, you're you start hit puberty. Mm -hmm. Did you know that you felt like you were a boy? Like, when did you know that? Yeah. Like, when did that yeah. that construct happen? Like, when did that start to happen yeah. for you? I w I'm going to tell you from the minute I was born, I can tell you that I never, and you know, it, it is a it is a very interesting question to ask somebody. What do you mean you felt like a man or a boy? What do you mean you felt like a girl? What does this mean? Because today we do talk about gender more as a construct, which I do believe that's true. Mm -hmm. But what I don't, what I also believe is in biology. And so mm -hmm. biologically, I am a female bodied person. But but what I can tell you is even from a little child, I can remember being very much like I want to be the brother. I want to be the brother to my sisters. I want to be the boy. I want to be called he. I can always remember that and always being teased at school because I was a girl who looked like a boy. So pretty much I could say my whole life, I have always felt pretty much like Buck. So when you started to hit puberty, what happened? What, what was well, that? Okay, so what happens is, on, okay, so remember how old I am, 58. So puberty started for me late too. So I think most women get their period or girls, I think some, like now they're starting early, right? Like 13 or something. Like I didn't start until I was 15. Yeah, actually they can start as young as 10. 
<laughs> I mean, I'm just like, holy shit. That that in itself is a nightmare for a 10-year-old little girl, even a yeah. little boy. But I think it's worse. I, I personally think it can be a little bit more intense for a little girl uh, because, you know, we start to menstruate. And so what happened for me at 15, all my other friends, uh, well, the girls I hung out with were, were very few. I mostly hung out with boys, even at 15. So th- I just started, I got my period and I had no idea what the, what it was. I'm like, what it, my mom didn't even tell me about my period. She told my sisters, but she didn't tell me. And I, I didn't know what it was. So that was the beginning of the end for me because I'm bleeding out of my, you know, area there. And I don't even know what that even means. And boobs started to grow. And then what happens? So what happens in that moment is you, you know, when you're, you see blood, do you go to your mom? Do you, what happens? I, I screamed, mom, I'm bleeding. I'll never forget. She ran in the bathroom. She's like, what? Oh, you're menstruating. I'm like, what? <laughs> oh, what is menstruating? And she's like, you're, you're becoming a woman. <gasps> I want to cry right now, even thinking about it. You're becoming a woman. Those words were like a, uh, like a knife to my throat. Mm-hmm. And that was it. I started feeling suicidal, became alcoholic, drug addict. I became a cutter. I became everything and anything I could do to relieve myself from the pain of becoming a woman. So yeah, it was a downfall for me right there. That started everything to basically try to get myself off of this earth. (laughs) So yeah. And so how long did that period happen for you? So basically all it happened until I was about the age of 30, I think something like that when I got sober. And so for year, for, for year upon year, I didn't graduate high school. I was lost. I became an alcoholic. I had suicide attempts, put a mental hospital back in the day. They put me in a psychiatric ward. I told everybody I felt like a boy. They were like, no, you're just a gay woman, blah, blah. It was forever and ever and ever. And t- oh, I got to transition, which was also a whole story in itself because I was one of the first people to transition here in Los Angeles. Both of my doctors had never even done trans surgery before. So I became sort of like an experiment to get to this space. Wow. Yeah. So what ends up happening during that period of time with your dating life, your sexuality, what's going on there? So I became a gay woman because that's sort of the space I was not, not only, I don't want to say pushed into because I, I don't feel that. I feel that that was the tools the therapist had and the tools the therapist had, they saw a masculine woman who said mm-hmm. they felt like a guy. And so back in the day, there was no transgender as you see today. Yeah. And so they just kept pushing me toward this space, which, you know, I don't blame them in any way, shape or form. It was all a space to, for me to be this guy today. But that said, they did it. They didn't help me. It made it worse. So I ended up, you know, living the life of a gay butch woman and that was also very difficult for me and because I kept saying I'm a man and everyone just kept making fun of me and then you know so so for year upon year I became a major alcoholic drug addict just running around the streets of LA and just doing my thing to stay alive on some level I I don't I, I can I ended up becoming a model I mean we'll be here hours if I tell you my whole life but bottom line is I got discovered on the street I went to Europe I became a fashion model as a woman which heightened my drug addiction and then next thing you know, I'm just such a mess there. They send me back to the States. I become homeless, you know, drug addicted, prostitution. I did prostitution on the streets to buy crack until eventually I got sober. And that was really where my whole life changed and why I'm sitting here talking to you today is definitely sobriety. So what was the catalyst to get to choose sobriety, to get sober? Like what Mm -hmm. was the prostitution? 
prostitution, homelessness, and crack addiction. And I went home with a client and that client, client (laughs) from the street. And I went home with him and he almost killed me. And that was my wake up call. I said, I'm going to die. I knew it. I I saw death in in my eyes. He was like, I I really, to this day, I think he was a serial killer. And to this Mm. day, I, I almost got chopped up in little pieces, but I escaped and that then I said to myself, God, if I stay alive, I will become a better person. <laughs> and and I did I got to stay alive. I mean, it's pretty intense what I went through mm-hmm. to get to this space today. So it's why I celebrate my life. Honestly, I you could call me, do anything you want to me. I don't care. I earned <laughs> I earned this life <laughs> for sure. Okay, so you almost die. Mm-hmm. That's wake up call. How do you yep. start? How do you go into recovery? What happens? So next? I call up one of my, one of my ex-girlfriends who I somehow remembered her number. Remember I'm homeless. I have nothing. I don't have anything. No, I have a bag of clothes. That's it. And so I remembered her phone number and she told me that she said that if I don't go to the rehab that she'll get me into, she'll never speak to me again and don't ever call her. And that, and that was the catalyst for me to get into a rehab and sobriety, sobriety. That's it. I'm going to say it. Sobriety is what cleared my mind and and um really got me into a space of 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 being able to sort of function in a way that i could save my life so how long were you in rehab so i ended up going to a rehab that was sort of like the the best rehab you could go to because it was all just totally bare bones you read that book you study every day you go to you know group meetings you it was hardcore and it's the reason why i'm here so that was a place downtown uh in santa monica california called claire and um i was there for a month and then you know i just kept practicing my i went to aa and so it did aa saved my life for sure and i practiced the book and i practiced the steps and i got regimented and i just really cared about myself really sobriety is about caring about yourself mm. and about caring to get to a space of of life and that's why i really am lucky today that i have got to be in that space so at what point now after the sobriety do you realize that you you're going to move into this transition place? So right. So that, that where, right. Where's that? Where does that come in? Yeah. So so through sobriety things happen. <laughs> you start to wake <laughs> up and you start to see the world and you're like, oh, but. I'm still like this butch, butch woman saying I feel like a man and everyone's still like, well, no, you're just a butch woman until eventually I found a therapist and the therapist was a a gay, a lesbian woman. And she, I went to her office every, once a week, 45 minutes, I sat there, wouldn't say a word to her. I was so worried what she was going to say to me that you're just a gay woman. And then finally at the fifth time I went, she's like, Buck, when you're ready, we can have a discussion. I literally sat in her office for every session, not saying a word. And then I just said, I have to say it. This is ridiculous. And then I just said, I pulled my hat off and I said, and I remember crying and I, I said, you know, Casey, I, I feel like a man. I don't feel like a woman. And she said to me, I believe you. And I'll not, honestly, it's going to make me cry because because of that, I'm here. Seriously, she was the one who was the first person to say to me, I believe you. What can we do to make this happen for you? And she had no skills. She didn't know. This was back in the day before the internet. We didn't even have the internet. We had nothing. We had no tools, nothing. But I'm going to tell you, she was very instrumental in bringing me to this space. That's beautiful. Yeah, thank you. It really is. It's amazing. (laughs) So then you end up on the the journey of the both of you trying to figure it out together. Mm Mm-hmm. 
Is that what? That's right. And so I went to a bookstore because that's what we had back in the day. Bookstores. Yeah. It was an LGBT bookstore down the street called a different light bookstore. And I still have the, I went to the magazine rack. I went to the books. I went every, I don't know what the fuck I'm looking for. I don't even know. It's called a sex change. I don't have any idea. We didn't talk about that. And so all you saw back in the day were transsexual women. So you only saw men becoming women. You never saw women becoming men. And so I just remember I found this book. It was called trans gender resource guide for male to female. And then I just was like, what? And then I was like, oh my God, it's the opposite of me. Mm-hmm. And then I went and I looked at every, it was resources, doctors, clothing, electrol, everything a trans woman needs. And I'm just like, what? I hit, and it was, oh my God, this is even more, it gives me chills. It was the last one sitting wow. there. I swear to God, I'm just like the sun, God. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like, what? I mean, today I still have it. That's why it's just like, it's instrumental in me being here. And I found a doctor and he was a doctor who administered hormones for men becoming women. And so I called him with the blessing of my therapist. And he said, well, you got to get a note from your therapist, which is what we had to do back in the day. And he said, I'll be honest with you. I never have done a woman becoming a man. And he said, you will be my guinea pig. He actually said that to me. And I'm, I'm like, dude, I'll be whatever you want me to be. (laughs) (laughs) And then that was it. I started hormones and I was on a, I was, so I used to have a mantra and my mantra was, if it doesn't work out, I'll kill myself. And that was always what I did from that moment on anything that I was doing to change my body or change myself, because I didn't have the internet and I couldn't see what I was going to look like or any other trans men. And so I, who knows, I'm going to grow horns and a tail. And I'm like, what? I don't even know. I'm like, I don't give a fuck. I'm going to do this. And if it doesn't work, I'll kill myself. It was something I said all the time to myself. And luckily, and then eventually I looked in the book and I found a guy to take, to do my top surgery. And again, same thing. Never worked with a trans man, told me I'd be his first. He brought a new surgery from Europe. He tried it on me. It worked out amazing. I was just like, I'm supposed to be here. I'm Mm. supposed, it just was too smooth and too amazing for back in the day when there was nobody else doing it. So really, I do believe the universe pointed me into that direction. That's beautiful. And what, when you started taking the hormones, what were the shifts that were happening? Yeah. So of course, again, no one knows anything about a woman becoming a man. (laughs) I didn't know I was going to look all crazy like this. And then I swear to God, it's all in your brain. He gave me not even like a tiniest bit of testosterone. You can now I take one CC of testosterone every week, but before I was only taking like tiny drop. I just remember being like, Oh my God, my whole life was about to change. Oh my, cause it's mental as well Mm -hmm. as physical. And then what I started seeing in the first month, what I started seeing was a receding hairline. And so if most, people know I'm totally bald I lost all my hair in the first year and those are I started seeing that I started seeing the structure of my face change in the first year I saw my nose if you could go on the internet and see pictures of me before when I was a woman you'd just see a whole different like literally it looks like my sister so it, it actually changed every physical aspect of my body to be more masculinized and as you were seeing these changes happen, how are you feeling about those changes? Were you excited? About excited. Oh, my God. But guess who wasn't excited? Partners. So at the time, I had a woman partner who identified as a gay woman. And so she was like, uh-uh. <laughs> uh-uh. I'm into women. <laughs> uh-uh. You look like a gym queen. Because, of course, I was going to the gym and like, rah. I was like, I'm going to be a dude. <laughs> and she was so freaked out. She's like, nope. So 
I lost my girlfriend at the time. And it actually was the best thing that ever happened to me because I ended up doing like two or three years of my transition alone, which really was great because nobody could, you know, take me off track. And I really say that a lot to the younger generation. If you're not in a relationship, you might want to think about not being in a relationship for your first couple of years. So you can really focus on your own needs and your own self. It's not healthy when you have someone telling you like, oh, you look weird. or ah. It's like, oh, man, that's yeah. some negative shit. Yeah. So, yeah, it was amazing. It was like magic. I, I, I was on my way and there was no one that was going to pull me back. I don't care who you were. No, get out of my way. I'm going to become that man it was really how I felt. And then when it happened. So what happens when like you, it, it arrives? And at what point do you feel yeah. like it arrives? Sex. I feel like that's when I arrived, sex. So I, 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 I haven't always been detached from my vagina. Even as a gay woman, I had sex. I'm very sexual. I've always been very sexual. But, you know, I'd strap it on or I'd be very masculine with it. And I didn't let women touch me down there. And I was very much about wearing clothes and doing things that didn't necessarily expose my female body, right? So during my transition and really becoming this dude. And like, of course, one of the things I'm just desiring to have is a penis because that's what men have is a penis. And I like penis too. And I see these penises everywhere. And I'm like, I want one of those. It didn't happen <laughs> because first off the internet wasn't really around and the things I did see, you know, and again, disclaimer real quick here. I don't want anybody to think I'm anti-bottom surgery because I am not. It's just, again, my story, and it's about why I chose mm -hmm. not to do it. I believe today we have an advanced surgery, and it's doing really amazing things for these young trans guys. But for me, it didn't happen because it just wasn't there. I wanted a functioning penis. I wanted to have sex. I wanted to pee through it. I wanted to, you know, get erection. Didn't happen. It was a pretty intense surgery. They take. It just was too intense for me. And then you have a more than a 50-50 chance of losing your organ. I'm like, you should have told me that first because I wouldn't have wasted your time here, dude. I'm like, I'm out of here. So, you know, it just didn't work out for me because there was too many negatives and not enough positives. And I, I'm not going to, I'm not going to do this just to have a penis because I realized the penis is for you. It's not for me. I'm totally comfortable with my vagina. So I started masturbating and through masturbation is when I really became really connected to my body, my soul, my vagina, my everything. And that's when I said, wait a minute here. I have this magical thing between my legs and everyone's telling me I can't use it. You're not a man, but I'm like, no, go fuck yourself. And that's sort of when I really just sort of realized I got to show this to the world because this is important. And I believe that there are other people like me struggling out there with our, with sex, because mm -hmm. if we don't have normal genitalia, then we're struggling with sex because how do I approach you in a, in a bar? How do I approach you in sex? It's not, now it's whole different, but 25 years ago, oh, it was difficult. Was there any scary moments? Oh, all, all the time all the time because I didn't want to tell people about my vagina because look at me, right? I mean, I, I didn't have such a big beard back then, but I did look very male. And so I became the guy who disclosed. I became the guy that said, fuck it. I'm just going to tell people because it's just as uncomfortable for me. When you pull your pants down and you have a vagina and they're expecting a penis, it's uncomfortable. Or when you pull out a dildo or you say, wait a minute, I got to, and you're like, what? Because I've always passed so well, even as a woman, I passed as a man. So I realized by disclosing, I'm, I'm alleviating for not only myself, but for you. And it's not fair to you either. And once I disclosed, nobody ever said no. <laughs> so I, was like, <laughs> I was like, actually, honesty is always the best policy. <laughs> nice.
<laughs> so I'm big about disclosure today. I talk a lot about it for the youngsters and like you got to disclose these kinds of things, whether you feel that you don't need to, you have to respect the other person. And if you are passing as much as I do, it is not responsible for you not to say something you got to say something because it's just uncomfortable for some people to go with a transsexual person and, and i want you to make the choice before we get into a bad space mm-hmm. beautiful so what's the one thing that you know now that mm-hmm. you wish you could have told the younger version of yourself that your vagina is amazing I wish I would have told myself that because I hated it for so much of my life. And so on some level, I feel like I get to shout it to the world. Don't get rid of your vagina. (laughs) It is really one of the things I learned is to accept my body, change the things you can and the things you can't deal with them. And, you know, it's the serenity prayer, Mm -hmm. you know, and that's what I learned from AA was really some things you can actually change. Some things you'll never be able to change. Deal. With, I have it literally tattooed on the side of my leg. Because, and, it's, and it doesn't start with God because that's how it originally. It says goddess. I changed it to goddess because I'm a hardcore feminist. So that being said, every day I think to myself, these are the things I can change. These are the things I can't. How can I make it better for myself? So I realized I can't change my genitals. It's, I could change my chest. I could change the way I look. Just that alone made me be able to walk the world so comfortable and not worry what other people think about me. So that's really my message is just learning how to self-love, becoming yourself. The things you can change, change them. The things you can't, figure out how you can handle dealing with them. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. Right on. So how can people spend more time with you? Like, where, first of all, oh, I'm accessible. Let's, let's start with what do you do in the world? Besides okay, that's a good question. <laughs> that's a good question. So I'm also an um, an entrepreneur and a, a a guy who creates. So I'm a creator. I I've, my career started in pornography, but now I create sex toys or what I like to call sexual wellness products for the trans male community. So I created the world's first transgender male sex toy. Uh, I create lubes for trans men. I create uh, body products for them, washes, all those kinds of things. And I'm also in the cannabis business. So I also have my own cannabis company. And so today you can read, you can find me at buckangel.com, Twitter, buckangel, Instagram, buckangel, Facebook. I'm not real big on, but you can find me there, official buckangel. So I'm accessible too. Anybody who wants to reach out to me, uh, 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 I am here for you. So just reach out to me. And how can people buy those products and find those products? Is yeah, there- right on. Thank you. Buckangel.com. Everything is there. Beautiful. Everything is there. Yeah. Thank you. I appreciate that. You know, that's exciting. You know? Yeah, it is. It, yeah. It has helped so many guys deal with their vaginas. I created a product called the Buck Off so you don't have to touch your vagina. It just slips over your clitoris and you stroke like a man. And it literally changed these dudes. They're just like, what? So now I got all these dudes masturbating. <laughs> <laughs> That was my ultimate goal in the world. I'm going to get everybody to masturbate. (laughs) I love it. (laughs) Right on. Um, So thanks. Anything else that you feel like you, everybody, that somebody should know? No, I think that, that, you know, giving me the space here to talk about that, I appreciate it. And, you know, there's kids out there struggling. When I say kids, you know, I'm 58. So I say kids to you, <laughs> to, to everyone who's the <laughs> one year younger than me. I'm sure you're like 20. So I'm just like, 20 <laughs> year old is not a kid. <laughs> but I just do that because I've, you know, I've gotten this trampa moniker mm-hmm. now. So everyone calls me trampa. But, but, you know, for me, it's just, I'm just so lucky to be in the space today and just, you know, say my journey and hopefully somebody hears my journey and someone says, wow, I can do it too. You know, I didn't have that when I was 
when I was growing up as a young trans man. I didn't have any of that. I didn't have a guy to see. Wow, I get to see an older trans guy. I think it really helps you. It's with anything, right? In, in any world, even in a sex world, when you, see an, when you see an older person who's been in porn for a long time and they're still successful, I think that's pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. That's beautiful. All right, audience. Thanks for hanging out with us. Don't forget to check out Tickle.life. And uh, if you want to spend more time with me, you can find me at GuyMorissette.com. And don't forget to check out my podcast called My Orgasmic Life. Have a juicy day and may it be filled with exploration, honesty, and love. Bye-bye.